Good morning. Can you hear me now? There it is. Um, all 200 of my closest friends remind me not to get into the water with this mic still on. That'd be very much appreciated. Um, this morning, we're going to return to um, two passages, passages that are familiar to those of us who are familiar with the scriptures, but passages that need to be familiar to all of us. Um, they're passages that kind of point out something, I think, amazing about Jesus's ministry. It, it begins and it ends with this idea, this thing called baptism. Before he ever enters into ministry fully, Jesus is baptized. And when he goes to heaven to prepare heaven for us, to make it perfect for us, which always blows my mind to think about. He spoke the world into existence, yet he's been working for over 2,000 years to make heaven perfect for you and for me and for all of us who believe. But while Jesus is doing that work, he gives us a command to be baptized. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. We'll be reading Matthew 3, 13 to 17, where Jesus himself gets baptized. And then we'll end by reading, or I'll be reading Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Um, some people call this the great commission of Jesus Christ. So first in Matthew 3, 13 to 17, you can also follow up front if you don't have your Bibles with you. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting him. And a voice from heaven said, This, this is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And then in Matthew 28, um, verses 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Let's pray together. Our Father, our God, we thank you this morning for the sacred, the simple, the subtle, but the beautiful sacramental witness that baptism is. We thank you for our sisters and brothers who this morning step in front of you, step in front of us as a community to say, I, I belong to God. I, I will live for God. I, I am here for his glory. Lord, we pray a special blessing on Denise, Jaslyn, Sarah, Jennifer, and David as they take this bold step. Let us as a community join them, not just in celebration, but in support and prayer. In your holy and precious name, amen. One of the things that's very interesting in Matthew's gospel is that Matthew is kind of trying to do two things at once. The first thing he wants you to understand is that Jesus Christ is royally from the line of David. He wants you to understand that Jesus isn't just the Messiah, but if we go back to what Israel was promised by David or promised by God to David, you see that Jesus himself is from the line of David. He's a royal king. And if you look at the other gospels, they show that both his parents, Mary who birthed him and Joseph who adopted and raised them, were also from the line of David. The gospel writers want you to understand that Jesus is royalty. 
But the second thing that happens here is that Matthew also wants you to understand that he's not just earthly royalty, he's royalty come down from heaven. This is why the Magi come and they want to stand before him and worship. This is why Herod wants to kill him. Jesus is this royal God. He's the Messiah come. And what's interesting is even though the Magi and Herod happen, even though he escapes to Egypt, which I love, I love that the God of the universe needed help and he went to Africa. It just makes me feel good. It doesn't have to make you feel good, but it makes me feel good, so I'm fine with it. The God of the universe, this royal king, this heavenly king, has to be an immigrant and a refugee. And Africa takes him in. And Egypt takes him in. And we don't necessarily hear much more about Jesus for almost 30 years. You know, there's that one story where he's in the temple and they leave him behind. And Mary's like, what are you doing? And Jesus is like, don't you know I was about my father's business? Now, I tried out my mom one time, but it didn't quite go as well. <laughs> but he's Jesus, so I guess he gets to slide. But we have 30 years of silence. 30 years of God building him up. 30 years of God preparing him, 30 years of this royal king, this heavenly king who has to escape as a refugee, as an immigrant, who's taken in by Africa. We have 30 years where God is preparing him for this moment. One of the things I realized recently is that even Nazareth wasn't Jesus' home. We call Jesus the Nazarene, but remember, if he's from the line of David, he's a child of Bethlehem. So even his own people rejected him. Even among his own, Jesus was an outsider, a foreigner, and an immigrant. He had to flee to Nazareth. 30 years. And when the time comes, Jesus submits to John the baptizer. And what's interesting is that John is like, I mean, you're God. How is this going to work? <laughs> you know, you're the God of this universe. You created everything. I'm preparing a way for you. How can I baptize you? And in a perfect picture of the heart of Jesus, he submits to John the baptizer to not just fulfill all the promises, but because this was the will of God. What a beautiful reminder to us that it's not just about what we think and feel. It's about submission to God. That's what a life of discipleship looks like. So Jesus fulfills the prophecies and laws by being obedient to God. And I love this scene because Matthew has been pointing out he's a royal king. He's a heavenly king. And never more is it represented that when the heavens open up and the spirit of God comes down and the spirit is above the water and the father himself. You'll look through the gospels. Usually Jesus speaks for the father. There's only a couple of times that the father speaks for himself. And what a beautiful speaking he does here when he said, this, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And that's how the ministry begins. But then how about how it ends? When Jesus gets ready to go to heaven, I love that in our culture, we love deathbed confessions or, or final charges, right? But what I love about Jesus here is he's not on his deathbed. He's not just given a final charge, but he's alive and well to help us with this charge. And the charge is simply this, go and make disciples in my name. Our God is not interested in followers who follow him with their mouth and not their lives. Our God is not interested in people who believe him with their minds, but it shows nothing in their lifestyle. He wants disciples, and there's two things we're commanded to do. Go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. 
If you want to know what God has called you to do, that's a pretty good place to start. Make disciples. Let them know who Jesus is. Let them know what Jesus asks of them. Let them know how to live and share this new life that Jesus brings. And then lead them to the baptistry. What I love about baptism is that it's this sacrament. It's this ceremony that shows outwardly what's happened on the inside. What I love about baptism is that over 2,000 years of Christian history, Christianity has looked a little different. You know, if you had a time machine and you went back to the first Christians, they would look a little bit different than Harrisburg Brethren in Christ. If you came back 500 years later, they would still look a little bit different. A thousand years after that, they would look a little bit different more. But every single group of Christians ever has honored Jesus' call to baptism. We as brethren in Christ come from a special group, a group that warms my heart because I think everything that people really like about Christianity, that's who we've always been. We tell people we're Anabaptists and like, are you anti-Baptist? I'm like, no, 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 we birthed the Baptists. Matter of fact, they get more credit for what we died for. And that's the truth. The Anabaptists during the time of Reformation, they looked at what Martin Luther started and they said, well, thanks for getting us started. Let's take it to completion. And one of the things they wanted to take to completion is something most Christians take for granted, believers' baptism. They believe that you have to make a choice to follow Jesus, verbalize it, and then when you verbalize it, you learn what it means and you make that decision. And most Christians will agree with that. They say, yeah, we believe in believers' baptism, but there's one group that died to make sure this happened. That's the Anabaptists. So when we get baptized this morning, my sisters and brothers, you're joining a family of faith who are willing to die for what you're doing this morning. You're joining a family of faith who are willing to say that not only is God so important to me, but my community so matters to me that I will stand up and be faithful. You're joining a family of faith that has altered Christianity forever. That's the richness of our tradition. That's one of the reasons I'm so proud to not just be Anabaptist, but to be brethren in Christ. The second thing I want you to hold on to about baptism is John, who was perhaps Jesus' best friend, the human who knew Jesus the most. When he looked at Jesus, he said, oh my goodness, there are three witnesses that go on forever. It's the blood of Jesus that said he went to the cross to die for our sins so that we can come home again. It's the Spirit of God which now comes and lives in us, and it's the water. It's the baptism that testifies of this new life in Christ. We and the brethren in Christ not only died for baptism, we take it a little bit seriously. This is why we ask the candidates when they come in to, to, to not just come in and be thrown back. We think that this is an act of submission to the Lord. So when you come in, you know, some people sprinkle, some people pour, not us. We do a dip and a full immersion. <laughs> now, I try to take it easy because my first year I almost broke somebody's nose, but it's okay. They survived. But what we're asking for you to do is when you come into that baptistry, is to kneel down before the Father, to kneel down before the Son. We don't just want us to throw you back. We want you to say that I believe in the Father. I am dying to myself because of the Son, and I'm raised in new life because of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people will tell you their walk with Christ is a journey. It's an adventure. It's about life. This morning, baptism reminds us it's about discipleship. We baptize to be obedient to Christ. We baptize to prepare for ministry in Christ. Baptism itself does not save. Only the blood of Jesus does that. But baptism is this picture of dying to sin 
and being raised to new life. Throughout the book of Acts, throughout the New Testament, people believe, they repent, and they were baptized. So this morning, we're getting baptized to say, we believe that Jesus is Lord. We believe that Jesus is alive, and we thank God that Jesus has raised us to new life. We baptize this morning to say, God has worked on my inside. He's cleansed my heart. He's purifying and transformed me. And I want to show you, my family, you, my community, that I belong to him, that I will live for him, and that together with you and the Spirit, we will make God's kingdom come. So Denise, Jaslyn, and Sarah in this first service, we thank you for the reminder to us about the love of God. We thank you for your commitment to him as it reminds us of our commitment to him. And we as a body make a commitment to you to support, to pray, to walk, to journey, to live this new life in Christ. At this time, I'm going to ask Pastor Patty to come up. Individually, she will call up each candidate, and they're going to share their testimony. And in their testimony, they're going to share basically two things. What has God done or what is God doing and why is baptism important to them? Why are they taking this step? Before we do the testimonies, I'm going to do a little bit of liturgy because it's trickier in the water. So just follow along with me. Obeying the command of our Lord Jesus Christ and confident in his presence with us, we have come to baptize those who have responded and heard his call. In Jesus Christ, God has promised to forgive our sins and has joined together in the family of faith, which is his church. He has delivered us from the darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. In Jesus Christ, God has promised to be our father and to receive us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Know that the promises of God are for you, Denise, Jaslyn, and Sarah. By baptism, God's sign is placed on you to show that you belong to him. Sharing Christ's reconciling work you will also share in his victory that dying with Christ to sin, you will be raised with him to new life. Okay, we're going to start with Denise Lash. You're going to come right up here. <laughs> so I can see you. Good morning. As a child and teenager, I attended church and was very active singing in the choir and sharing the Sunday school class with my mother, teaching five and six-year-olds. I received confirmation when I was a young teen and pretty much thought, this is good, I'm in. I'm right with God, no worries. I left home at the age of 18 I went off to college and pretty much felt that I was invincible and knew everything. I strayed away from church for about 10 years. I didn't need to go to church. After all, I wasn't a bad person. I was a good person, and I was always willing to help people. What more did I really need to do for God? After Steve and I had our two daughters, we felt it was our obligation to introduce them to church and get them involved just as we both had growing up. We attended church regularly over the years, but I always felt in my heart something was missing. Just couldn't put my finger on it. Over time and just life in general, I had some very challenging and life-changing events that made me angry with God. I did not want to be angry, but why did he allow these things to happen to me? 
So I thought, I'm going to have a talk with him. After all, what harm could it do? So I prayed and I prayed. All I kept hearing was, be patient, everything will be okay. At that point, I just knew in my heart he was talking to me. Life did get better, and I have not stopped praying since. I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ died for us. He gave us his life. He gave me life to carry on, and I did. I no longer get angry with God. I talk to him in the car on my way to work. I stop and pray at work when times get tough. I pray while sitting in traffic. It's contagious and my life is good and full of the Spirit. I am truly blessed to be here with all of you today and have chosen to commit my life to my Lord and Jesus, my Savior, Jesus Christ. In conclusion, I would like to share with you the lyrics of a song that are very meaningful to me and I feel appropriate for my baptism day. In the bulb there is a flower, in a, tree, in a seed an apple tree, in cocoons a hidden promise, butterflies will soon be free. In the cold and snow of winter, there is a spring that waits to be, and revealed until its season, something God alone can see. There is a song in every silence, seeking word and melody. There is a dawn in every darkness, bringing hope to you and me. From the past will come in future, when it holds a mystery, and revealed until its season, something God alone can see. In our end, it is our beginning, in our time, infinity. In our doubt, there is believing, in our life, eternity. In our death, a resurrection, at last, a victory, and revealed until its season, something God alone can see. forgiven your sins. Yes. Because of your confession of faith and in obedience to the command of him who is the head of the church, I baptize you into the death of Christ and to the newness of life through the power of his resurrection in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to call Jaslyn up. love seeing teenagers and kids baptized. Hi, my name is Jasmine. I have grown up in a Christian home. And I know that for some people who have grown up in the church community, it is hard for them to pinpoint exactly when they become a believer, yet despite that, as a child, I had known that I wasn't a Christian. I realized that I had to make a choice to follow Christ, and I knew I hadn't done so. It was not that I did not believe in God. I had a pretty sound foundation of belief in that area. I had heard of amazing stories and miracles, and sometimes during worship, I would seem to feel that the Holy Spirit was there with everyone as our singing filled the room. When I was younger, I was bad at making friends. Number number of my recesses were spent crying. Um, While that improved with time, new troubles began to arrive when I turned about 14. I fell into a deep sea of worldly lies and desires. I believed false truths. I waded far out into the deep and willingly let it take me under because I wanted to know if the darkness was truly evil because I liked to inflict myself with pain and sorrow. I cried even more then. Sometimes I would feel so sad for days because I could not find worth in myself that would please the world. One day, when I was home alone, I became so depressed and overcome with this feeling of being torn apart on the inside. I screamed and became so helpless that I couldn't stand anymore. So I went to my bed where I lay crying and begging anyone but Satan to help me stop. And then a peace came and I stopped crying and I felt like God must have heard me and given me his peace. So I but I still did not accept Christ. I carried on on my own, even though moments would come to me when my mortality would become real and the end of things would terrify the deepest inner workings of my soul. (laughs) Yet I still did not turn. Things did eventually get better, but I could not give up on my dreams. I had planned out my life, spent hours designing my idea of perfection. But then came this past summer's mission trip We spent so much time in devotionals and teachings than I ever did. I think it was moving to me. So when I got home on the last day of the missions trip, I opened up my Bible and rediscovered the parable of the rich man. I realized that that was me. I had so much in this society, despite not being considered rich per se. But not only did I have material goods, but I was rich in my own dreams. 
but I believe that God did not give me interests and skills for nothing. He wishes to use me, he loves me, and he loves the world, and he says to come and follow me, and I did not need to be purposed to be baptized, uh, nor can I be. It is the beginning of a journey that I hope to carry on the rest of my life. Um, so crying this time out of joy, I let go of my designs, it gave my life to Christ. so much for Jaslyn. Uh, we thank you for her brave testimony. God, we thank you for how much you love her, for how she's your child. God, we thank you for the deep water she's waded in and how you didn't leave her alone. We thank you for that promise to never leave or forsake us, but we thank you for the promise of your still quiet voice. God, I thank you for the skills, gifts, and abilities you've given her, and I thank you for this bold step and commitment to you. Lord, continue to grow her strong in you, continue to wrap your arms around her, and continue to use her for your glory and your kingdom come. Bless her and keep her, and we thank you so much for her and that she belongs to you, and she's a member of us as well. In your holy and precious name we pray. invite Sarah Hornberger up. I was saved first, I think, about when I was two, but I have recommitted my life to Jesus many times after. I'm going to be baptized because Jesus did and calls us to do the same. resurrection in the name of the Father, 
and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God, we thank you so much for Sarah. We thank you for her obedience to you. Lord, following you is choosing to be obedient to you always. So God, I pray that you gift her with a life of obedience. I pray that you continue to grow her strong in you. And we thank you for her commitment to following you. God, bless her and keep her. And we pray that in all things, that she knows that you love her, that she knows that you carry her, and that she knows that you will always, always be her father, her good, good father. In your holy and precious name, amen. discipleship we baptize because Jesus calls us to but we also baptize to prepare for ministry I love that before Jesus formally enters his ministry he was baptized now baptism itself does not save baptism is a symbol it has no power in itself but what a beautiful picture it gives us a picture of our sins being washed away a picture of us saying we're dying to sin dying to the life that was and being raised to new life in Christ it's a sign that we belong to Christ, his kingdom, and his body. Now, I love the New Testament as the church is birthed all throughout the book of Acts. Time and time again, you see people believe, they repent, and they were baptized. People believe, they repent, and they were baptized. That's what our brother and our sister and our sisters before are committing to this morning. They're saying, I believe in Jesus as Lord. They're saying, I have made this commitment, and I'm going to stand before you, my family, this morning to say, I belong to Jesus, that Jesus is my Lord, that I belong to you as the body here at Harrisburg Brethren in Christ, but that I also belong to the Christians in the world. In a few minutes, I'm going to ask Pastor Patty to come up, and she'll call up our candidates one at a time. And we asked them to share a little bit of their testimony. And in their testimony, I asked them to just simply tell us, what has God done? What is God doing? And why have you chosen to be baptized this morning? Now, this is a public act in front of the local community. But we as a community are also making a commitment this morning. We're making a commitment not just to, to feel good, not just to be overjoyed about this great and bold step of faith, but we're making a commitment to say, you belong to us, that we will encourage you, that we will pray for you, that we will walk with you, that we will journey with you. And if this life is an adventure, we will hold your hand and walk to God together. Before I go into the baptistry, I'm going to read a little bit of our liturgy here. And then, like I said, Pastor Patty will come up and we'll call up Jennifer and then David. Obeying the command of our Lord Jesus and confident in his presence with us, we have come to baptize those who have heard and responded to his call. In Jesus Christ, Jennifer and David, God has promised to forgive our sins and has joined us together in the family of faith, which is his church. He has delivered us from the darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. In Jesus Christ, God has promised to be our father and to receive us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Know that the promises of God are for you. By baptism, God's sign is placed on you to show that you belong to him. Sharing in Christ's reconciling work, you will also share in his victory. The dying with Christ to sin, you will be raised with him to new life. Pastor Bree will be joining me in the baptistry.
This is Jennifer Lippy. We're gonna have her share. Um, I personally think that uh, God has always been part of every day of my life. I've never doubted that. Um, the biggest thing that uh, made me really see his power is I got in a, a car accident last December and totaled my car and I walked away unbruised, unscratched, um, and I did pray before I felt like something bad was happening to protect me and he definitely did that. Uh, the reason why I chair, choose to share it with all of you is it's the first church I found representing difference and united, being united together. And I've never felt such a sense of family in a short time of being with you guys. Um, and I found you through my craft of uh, doing hair, which is my passion from Chad Frey. So I'm ex uh, extremely thankful for finding you through my craft to help me find here and making me feel very welcome since the day I stepped foot through the first doors. Uh, here and I just want to let him know and all you know that I love him and give my life to God and I'm thankful for you guys being here to celebrate with me. to be his obedient disciple. Jen, have you received Jesus Christ as your savior? Yes. Do you believe that he has forgiven your sins? Yes. Because of your confession of faith and in obedience to the command of him who is the head of the church, I baptize you into the death of Christ and to newness of life through the power of the resurrection in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Our Father and our God, we thank you so much for Jen. We thank you for her choosing you. God, I thank you so much that you not only found her, but you brought her here. God, I thank you for the responsibility we have as a congregation to support and encourage her. God, I know some of us, or a lot of us in this room are so proud of her, but I thank you that that pales in comparison to how proud you are to have your daughter home. How you celebrate, not just with us this morning, but with angels in heaven. God, continue to grow her. Thank you for her gift of service. Thank you for her dedication to you. Bless her and keep her. And we thank you again as we celebrate with you, not just here in Harrisburg, but also in heaven with the angels. Thank you, God, for your love for her. Always be there for her, never leave her, never forsake her, and keep growing her in you. In your holy and precious name, amen. Thank you. Orange, yeah. I want to invite David up. 
Hello, church. Yeah, I got a little bit accent. Well, I always have strong faith in God, and God do a lot of things in my life that I can. Probably the the testimony trying to be the same thing. Yeah, it's a car accident. Yeah, it did like three months ago when I was in Dallas. One of my friend was having baby shower, and me and my other friend we took a 635 the highway. We're going to the party, but we were late, and the guy was speeding. And I don't know, things just happened like that. And the only thing I can see, the car was, I don't know what stopped that car. I don't, I don't really know. And from that day, and everybody stopped on the road, like the whole highway stopped, and nothing happened. Like, I'm not bleeding, nothing. And nobody believed it. Like from there, I said, no, no, I know Jesus. I got, no, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Brother David, in coming to baptism, you declare your faith in Jesus Christ and announce that you want to be his obedient disciple. David, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. Do you believe that he has forgiven your sins? Yes. Because of your confession of faith and in obedience to the command of him who is the head of the church, I baptize you into the death of Christ and to the newness of life through the power of his resurrection. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much for David's testimony and his profession of his faith today. We ask your blessings on him. Continue to strengthen him with the power of your spirit. Bless him as he goes forward. Show us the ways to support him and be there for him. Show him your vision for his life, Lord, the ways that he can use his giftings for you and just continue to empower him as he follows you in faith. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. head to the back to change real quick so we're going to sing a couple of choruses um but um just i always want to give you guys a challenge as well i know i said a little bit from the pulpit but one of the joys of being the body of christ is that we're members of one another we belong to each other um david and jennifer our brother and sister have made this step in profession before god and before you the church earlier in our first service denise jaslyn and sarah did the same thing so what we're committing to, or what I'm asking you to commit to this morning, is to pray for them. It's to, to see, when you see them, encourage them. And it's to ask God, maybe there's a way you can not only support them, but keep elevating and growing their faith. Because we are all in this together. So I pray that this morning is a blessing to your spirit, but I pray most of all it's a chance for you to rededicate yourself to following God. But then when you think of these brothers and sisters, or when you see them in the congregation, please be sure to encourage them and keep them in your prayers. Amen? 
Let's stand, let's sing together.